Welcome to episode six of Big Screen Auckland. I'm Corey. I'm Nige. <laughs> With a mouthful of beer, sorry. Saturday afternoon, perfect time to record podcasts about films in Auckland. Um, I wonder if they can hear the cicadas. We can hear the cicadas, and how tranquil is it? <laughs> Lovely. Anyway, so uh, we, we saw Blue Valentine. We did. This is on my most, um, last week I said my top 10 anticipated of 2011. I want to question that. Not only was it your top 10, I reckon it was top three of the top 10 almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on what though? Based on the beautiful trailer with that wonderful song that I'm obsessed with. Yeah, I saw that trailer once, great song. You always heard. Um, singing that all week actually. Uh, big fan of Ryan Gosling from Lars and the Real Girl and Arf Nelson and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Bigger fan of Michelle Williams from... Brokeback Mountain, Wendy and Lucy. She actually, have I actually ever seen her in anything? I'm not sure. Okay, probably not. Anyway, and we took a whole crew down and we saw it at Rialto on a Friday night. Missed their fish and chips deal, but no dramas. Mm. What do you think? It was in your top ten. Is it going to stay there? It's not going to stay there. Rough. Yeah, no, I was kind of, look, this might be one of those weird ones that you, I was too hyped up for it, I think. I knew it was um, it was going to be half about these two meeting and falling in love, and it was half about these two falling apart many years later. Actually, we should we should warning. There's not many spoilers on this because the trailer gives it all away. It's about a couple that break up, and it shows it's a dual timeline thing, right? Mm. It shows their date, their first date six years ago, and it shows like their last, the end of their relationship six weeks, six years later. Mm. It's not like you could ever leave that film going. I can't believe they broke up. It's what the film's about. Yeah, so I wanted to be, I wanted to be wowed, and I wanted to fall in love with the, the the cuteness of them getting together. Like this wasn't a sappy chick flick. This is the kind of thing that I fall in love with and watch over and over again. So I wanted to that part to be that, the, them getting together to be that. I wanted to be as in love as they were. Yeah. And then the other half, I wanted to be fucking completely destroyed by it. I wanted to be devastated. I wanted my my All heart ripped out. Out, yeah. Like, as we've talked about earlier, the Scandinavian films that are just the fucked upness of them. I wanted, I wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be wiped out. The cuteness was pretty cute. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. The destruction, yeah, didn't happen at all. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and now you've been to a million movies with me. I think a million, possibly a million. I cry in every one, right? Either with joy or with sadness. Not a tear? Not a tear, man. Not a tear. No, I'm feeling you there. I'm feeling you there. Gave me nothing. Yeah. However, that being said, it was wonderfully filmed. It was amazing. Just the shot of the railway line. Shot, shot of a toy hidden in the, the grass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely beautifully. Close up of his hands um, with blue paint on them. Shot yeah. Of that. Yeah. Wonderfully constructed. Um, they they go to a, a, like a sex hotel thing, love hotel. Future room. Now they, the future room, that stuff was amazing. Pressed uh, stainless steel sheets everywhere and, <laughs> and, and, um, and leftover sets from the Star Trek original series, right? Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. There was no need to set it there at all. It had nothing to do with anything. It just made everything that much better. Quite an achievement, actually. It was really, really well done. I really enjoyed it. However, it. it was going to be my number three of the year. Yeah, it wasn't. I could I could walk out of uh, Battle for LA with the same feeling, man. Mm. But uh, I've got some notes. Straight up, I'll admit that it was not ever going to be my cup of tea. I've got nothing against films like this, but I don't go and see films like this. When I went to it, though, I really enjoyed the double story tie-in. I thought that was mapped beautifully. I didn't know how they were going to do it. And what they, they cut across, um, they transitioned really nicely. It, it actually transitioned once or twice before I even noticed it did. Yeah. You too? Yeah, because it would... When you went for the job sh- interview, I had no idea that was in the 
first timeline. Well, from her it was easier, but him, he had his haircut radically changed. But sometimes you couldn't tell. Yeah, I just wasn't looking for that. So, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that was the young Ryan Gosling going for the job interview. But it was nice, like, not just the fact that they did it as a gimmick, but it also, like, at the very start, you're wondering about this, um, her ex-boyfriend, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Ontario. Johnny Ontario. Johnny Ontario. <laughs> like, you meet him at the start, which is at the end, and he hates him, and she was glimming over it, and you wonder why he doesn't want her to talk to her. You just think he's an ex. Then you watch the whole film, and you wonder why, and you see him dating her, um, you know, you see them when he's currently with her. This is very confusing right now. And at the end, you see why um, you see why Ryan hates him because he gave him the bash at the warehouse. And you think, yeah, of course you'd still be pissed off about that six years later. What are you doing talking to him in a liquor store? He beat the shit out of me. It was all tied together beautifully the, the last minute there. A fat loser. Yeah, yeah, he got nothing to fear. <laughs> a fat loser. Exactly. I read off my notes. I like the, the double story tie. And I said, I did like the future room. That's the second note I got down here about how quirky that was to throw in there. And how well it worked about two guys getting on, two these, this couple drinking in a in a shitty room that neither of them really wanted to be in. They were just like, we've got to do something. Let's go to the fucking, we've got a voucher, I think they said. Yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. Certificate. But if you had put that in, you know, an Adam Sandler film or something, the future room would have been painful. Yeah, it would have been. It would, like, it was a quirky, dopey thing for no particular reason. And but this one, yeah, it was awesome. They made an effort on the set so that you'd ignore the set. Let's lock them in a room and just, just straight up go, it's a crazy sex hotel. Mm. Next, focus on the characters. Mm. Yeah, the hotel means nothing now. Spinning beard, nobody cares. And he puts their song on and they dance to it. You think, that's nice. And you don't know it's their song till then. But there were scenes like at, at the Doctors that were really quite well done. Involving yeah. her and him and, and, and the bridge. It was all really beautiful. The kid there, Frankie, the little daughter. She was really good, and their love for her. Um, Pretty good, man. She was, um, like, she, for a child actor, she she she, be, she really didn't seem like she was acting. Yeah. I was pretty impressed with her. But to sum it up, like, it's it's just a date film. It's one of the, it's a fantastic date film. Like, what's, if it's not a rom-com, can you call it a rom-drama? Like, is it a romantic drama? <laughs> rom-drama? I don't know, but that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> They're like your kind of things anyway, so. No, but I do, yeah, thanks for taking me to it, because I would never have seen it, and it was a stunner. All the cinematography in that, shots of the road and shots of uh, gates swinging open and toys left in long grass and stuff like that. It was all beautiful. Acting mm. was all beautiful. The dad played a good part. Can't lock down our own house. My oxygen's in there. But whatever. Yeah. He gave the one line reading I hated in the entire thing. Well, there was no line readings in the entire thing, except for this one, when he got pissed off at the dinner table. That was my worst scene. Finish your own meal. Yeah. Yeah. That was so badly acted. It nearly took me out of it. No, it did take me out of it. Sorry, continue. Oh, no, sorry, there was two. When Johnny Ontario was trying to give the flowers, which is oh. wheeling her in with the thing. Yeah. And he's going to be a bitch or something. I can't even apologize you're being a bitch about it. Yeah. He wasn't the best either. Michelle Williams is amazing. Mm. I've heard a lot of Ryan Gosling, Gosling haters, but I haven't seen him do wrong. Really? I don't think there was yeah. any Ryan Gosling haters, other than Pat. I was going to say. Hang on. Michelle Williams. Let's see. She started with an episode of Baywatch. An episode of Step by Step, an episode of Home Improvement, <laughs> Halloween H2O, Dick, but I'm a cheerleader, Perfume, Station Perfume Agent. Ah, oh, Station Agent. She's the librarian. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've seen her in something. That's oh, right. Dawson's Creek. She was in 128 episodes of Dawson's Creek. So I've seen her in Station Agent. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, I'm Not There, Synecdoche, New York. Oh, yeah. I saw that. She's clear. Probably someone yeah. playing someone playing someone. <laughs> Mammoth with Gal Garcia, Shadow Island. Yeah, she's very cool. 
Yeah, it's it's really good to see actors that that flawless. I reckon, and and have two of them together like that. And they have pretty good natural chemistry. Yeah, totally. Their fights seem like real fights. Their flirting seemed like real flirting. Her being like woken up by the kit. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, like having the kit. Yeah, he was a real. I, I left the film vehemently wanting to discuss who causes issues in relationships with the man or the woman. Before we go on to how cool they were flirting when they first started, from a male point of view, all her fault. Ryan Gosling was just a fun-loving, working into a situation he didn't want, um, but then was happy to go, to run with it. And she was just a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> really? Now, apparently, all the females I saw it with, there were six of them, disagreed. Pat agreed with me, however. Thoughts? Uh... The entire downfall of their whole relationship was her fault. If that's not a biased opinion, I don't know what is. You gonna play devil's advocate, or you think it was? What did he do wrong? I think that's right. <laughs> well, no, she was the she was the stable one, though. He was the dick. However, she, I mean, she she'd had enough, bro. She, what, what can you do when you've had enough? You've had enough. You don't need to kill his dog. What? <laughs> no, that was a good scene at um at the at the recital where he's like, I told you to leave the gate open. I've done shit like that before. When you know there's a girl super sad about something, and you just remind them subtly. By the way, all your fault, and they just break down. We're all responsible for that. But the best part of the film, which the trailer goes nuts on, is them their one date walking around that city in the evening, uh, her town. That was a shame that the, the the trailer was comprised pretty much of the best scene in the film. Yeah. Well, I fuck, I really love their song too. I'm gonna have to find that as well. Yeah, I want their song. Looks like they got two more sales for the Blue Valentine soundtrack. Well, I don't know about sales, but yeah, <laughs> List, listeners for sure. Um, I recommend it. I recommend people. Obviously, I'm not going to recommend it to three dudes to go along on a cheap Tuesday night and watch. Nah, this is you need to take your misses or go by yourself and cry in the corner like Nigel would. It's a pretty good film, though. Pretty would, money. It didn't. One, one of the best days I've ever seen. Because they didn't need a film. Do you know what? I've actually heard other people say this is not a date film. Like, whatever you do, don't go as a date. This is... What actually, is yeah, what are you talking about? What this is mean? not a date film. Yeah, but who's going to go see it? All right, chicks can go see it by themselves or chicks can take dudes. But dudes don't go and see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but not if you're going on a date. Oh, not a date film. Sorry, not like... <laughs> right, okay. okay. What, what's the difference between a date film? A film you take a girl to. Mm. Not a film you take a girl to that you're trying to mac on. Because she'll just be like, what's the point? All relationships end and shit. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've also heard other people say um, this is like really depressing. Like, yeah, I, I was actually getting psyched up for it. Like, okay, this is going to be harrowing as fuck. I'd like to destroy that myth. It's really not... It's no more depressing as it is great because of the first half. Mm. If you don't, if you don't finish in the chronological sense of it, if you finish, uh, yeah, I still don't think it was that depressing though. Yeah, they get married. It's it's a fantastic ending, or they break up and it's a pretty good ending. Yeah, it's a pretty good film all around. Definitely not top. Like 10. this isn't Dancer in the Dark or, or where it's going from worse to worse to depressing to depressing to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it doesn't. Not at all. Yeah, it's a title. It's a, it's very oh beautiful looking big things out of whoever did it. Mm. If you've just listened to episode 5, we got a new mic now and we're experimenting all these different locations and places and shit to record, so uh, acoustics will either have crickets or like the resonance of car windows or um, or hallways, fields, we're going to go radical on this shit. <laughs> but for now we're going to talk about Adjustment Bureau that we saw, totally different to Blue Valentine, but pretty similar. Cypher. For who would have thunk it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, radical, not what I went for. This, the trailer sold it, I went to see it. Because it was um, sci-fi written by Philip K. Dick, who has written a bunch of sci-fi films like 
Minority Report, and uh, he he wrote. Um, I always remember the title because I think it's quite cool. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Which is uh, which is Blade Runner, of course, and Blade Runner Director's Cut. Blade, Blade Runner Gold Edition Director's Cut and Blade Runner the Director's Director's Cut or however many versions of that there are now soon to be another because they just sold the rights to someone exciting stuff exciting stuff so, so you wanted to go because it was a Philip K. Dick thing I didn't know that at all not really even familiar with him I know he's one of those big guys who does those awesome things yeah I know he's a, yeah, he was a science fiction writer and they take his films and make them into movies and mm. the, the, half of them aren't bad but this was um, this was about dudes that change people's um or keep people on path or something keep people on plan and it was matt damon my guess i've been touting this thing is this is the matt damon accidentally sees the agents of fate he sees oh what a beautiful line oh i probably stole it accidentally sees the agents of fate nice yeah he does something he's not supposed to but they're like no we're putting you back onto your destiny and he's like no i don't want to do that fuck off and runs away from them that's what i went to see i was like oh this is going to be a huge sci-fi chase film yeah. And I like sci-fi set in our present-day world. Yeah, I know what you mean. They don't yeah. have to be on Tatooine or anything. They can... Um, yeah, yes. well, I like that too. Okay, that's pretty good. Did you see the uh, Nick yeah. Pig <laughs> Simon Frost thing? That was bloody funny. That was really good. That was funny. Just so you know how fresh we are. That's how, uh, <laughs> that's how fresh we are. So it was good. Like he, He's a politician or whatever it is. Runs into... I feel compelled to do the plot every time. And I feel compelled to talk about the fact that I feel compelled to do the plot every time. Every time. Some sort of sci-fi loop I'm stuck in. <laughs> anyway, he's a politician, meets a dancer. Like, they come along and are like, you can't be with a dancer. Because if you're not, you'll be uh, the president of the US and she'll be the world's greatest dancer. If you stay with her, you'll both be nothing. And he's like, but I love her. <laughs> and so it... Uh, yeah. That's the premise. That's the premise. The agents of fate, angels, um, employees, caseworkers, whatever you call them, whatever they call themselves. There are these sort of... They're like, they've got attitude problems. They want to help you, but you fuck with them and they'll wipe your entire brain. Like, they're pretty piss anti. And they have these notebook things, literally, when they talk about keeping someone on path, they have like a, a little notebook that when it opens up looks like an iPad and um, it shows bleeps and blops and little blue squiggly lines and green and red dots. And they're like, we've got to get the green line down the proper road, otherwise it'll hit the red circle and um, that's a kiss and it'll all be disaster. That was interesting. And they're uh, wearing magic hats and diving through magic doors. I think all this is in the trailer. I'm not too worried. Maybe maybe you don't know the hats. Spoiler, the hats are magic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Merlin, you're not the only one. Yeah. So it was, it was a great world. They, they set up a great premise. Or yeah, that was... Kindred Dick set up a good world. There was a good world, and they put it in the trailer, and they got us to attend. Well done, trailer guys. Well what, done. What happened in the world, Nigel? How did they take all this imagination? Well, first of all... There was um, Love at First Sight. Uh-huh. Then there was uh, True Love, Bubble Things. Yeah. Then there was Love Conquers All. Yeah. Then there was... Was there any serendipity? <laughs> they were trying to make a film for the uh, teen boys that liked sci-fi. Come on to this and watch the action sequence. Someone gets hit by a cab in the trailer and bounce off the windscreen. Who was it actually for? Like, teenage girls? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that... well, I, I, just, I want to pull back there and say I did enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but it was uh, it was sold sold a bit falsely. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the best sci-fi film on at the moment mm. because in a week we get Battle for LA, which is going to smash it out of the water. Top ten, top ten stuff. Yeah, all the agents were good. All the dudes in suits were good. Matt Damon being a politician wasn't 
like didn't drag down the movie. They were just like, he's a politician. Skip forward three years. He's going to win the election night. Skip forward. Do you know, I'll go further and say, not only did he not drag it down with that, but actually he was really good. He was really yeah. charismatic, I reckon, in yeah. this film. If it's That's twice this year, True Grit, and now this, that I've just gone, man, he's really good. They I really like this guy. They should have dropped all the love stuff, and it could have been about a yeah. politician. It could have been about anything. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a I even like her. I'm, I am actually starting to really like Emily Blunt, and she, she could have made the great sidekick, or, or he could have made a great sidekick for her or, or something or running from um, supervillains if you got to run from a supervillain if you got to run from pals that are much stronger smart and faster than you you need a woman to take along because that makes a good film you need Sarah Connor and the first Terminator you, <laughs> you need um, you know that chick the cab driver from Unknown to come with you through those Ronan city streets yeah you need you need someone like that. so she could have been fine but you, you don't need it to what are the bad guys chasing get away get away because in 10 seconds they're going to hug oh they hugged Oh, stink. Yeah. I liked all the... the they were semi-nonchalant, those. Like, they'd run up to him and had be angry at him and then crashing cars in his way to, to stop him and get their own way and keep fate on track. And then he, like... He beats them to, like, a checkpoint in the race. Oh, and they, um... Okay, he got to that checkpoint. It's all cool. We'll just wait mm-hmm. till the next part. I'll see him in a couple of years. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah, the bad... I did like that. The baddies weren't just pure evil or anything. They were actually goodies. Yeah, they were. but And they were, they were only doing things like... The way they explained it... Two explanations that I really liked. One was um, showing them what they did. It's like, well, cool. Well, how can we do this? Well, we'll, we'll pretend he's uh, late for a meeting, and then we'll quickly change the location of the meeting. Ever lost your car keys and not been able to get to work? Probably think it's just half the time it's just fate. Half the time you can't find your car keys by chance. The other half it's us. We hid them from you. Yeah. Your mates ring you just when you get to one side of town and go parties at the other side of town. You go ah, and you get there real late and see so you miss that girl. It's us. We we tricked you. We turned off all the phones in the neighbourhood. We disconnected your internet for five minutes. We spilled coffee on you on the bus. That was kind of cool. Yeah, very cool. I like that. But then he's like, you know, what are you guys doing it for? Why? Why can't we just let our own fate? This was the explanation I liked. This this felt like it came right out of a Kate Dick novel. Not that I've read anything, so I certainly wouldn't know. But he's like, we took you from hunter together to the height of the Roman Empire, and then you, you guys had mastered everything. We stood back and let you run your own lives for uh, a couple of years, and you gave us 500 years of the Middle Ages, like feudal wars all over the place. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, so we took over again, we took over again, and we gave you the Renaissance, then we gave you the uh, learned period, you know, and we gave you the Industrial Revolution and so forth, and then we, we had you to the height of uh, Victorian civilization, what have you, and then we like, step back again, and then you go, World War One, World War Two, Holocaust, some more wars, and shit. It's like, what? No, you blew it. We're back in charge again. And that's why they're staring this guy to be a politician. His whole family backstory was a bit of a waste of time as well. Just to throw that in. Anyway, I like those two explanations about why they control our fate. Because we're a pack of vicious bastards. Yeah. If they don't. And to make a point, that, Matt Damon that punches them in the face. Elements. Or yeah, you know, some people yeah. would call it quasi-religious. But yeah, there was... It was very quasi-religious. I mean, every time a science fiction writer tries to write in like religion, they, they definitely go about it in an interesting way. Mm. What should we call them? Chairman. What are these guys? Agents. Oh, you mean God and angels? No. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing to do with religion here. They run it like a company. Yeah. No, Aslan is a lion. Just get over it. Yeah, he's a lion, Dick. So it's cool for kids. Don't read the Bible. Read these things. Love thy neighbour. I mean thy thy little mouse. (laughs) Yeah, hilarious. So those were all the good parts, all the sci-fi parts. The parts we went along for Mm. were actually really cool. Yeah, that's why. That's why I say now the film was enjoyable. Yeah, Yeah, totally. However, it really they could have told a million stories in that setting. They could have told... Matt Damon could have been anyone. Matt Damon could have been doing anything. Well, you know, Not just anything, but anything or, Anything he was doing could have been better than this. They could have, this is the worst thing. I just cannot get behind a character. When when the character's just like, but I just need to do this for, for true love. I just need to kiss her. 
and then we're supposed to be charging along behind him, just going, fuck, I hope he makes it, fuck, I hope he makes it, oh, please let them kiss. Mm. I can't follow that. Hope he gets that courtroom in time and stops that wedding. Yeah. Which is actually pretty good in uh, The Graduate, mm. but but not so much in The Adjustment Bureau. All The Adjustment Bureau, all the agents, all that part, the little iPad notebooks and shit like that. They're not iPads, you should watch it, you know what I'm talking about. That was all cool. They could have done more of the story. I'd recommend it to people who are like, have geeky boyfriends, but want to take their normal, semi-normal partner. Mm. You can con your missus into going to see this film with the love story. You can go watch The um, Agents. Agreed. So there's um, the World Cinema Showcase, which is the precursor to the International Film Fest in my eyes. We, we divvied up the brochure, and I've got a list of well, a dozen or so that I like the look of, and you got about the same, Nigel? Actually, mine, I went way overboard. Like, t- there's 37 films playing. Yeah. I managed to cross 16 off that I'm not interested in. Okay. So. <laughs> that is 21? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and I haven't got any details. I just read the brochure and I circled them, but I, I mean, people can listen to the names if they want. Armadillo, about, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a documentary, right, as opposed to a fiction film. Yeah, yeah. About Dutch peacekeepers in Afghanistan. And the pit I like the quote about it was like, the, the myth of Dutch soldiers rebuilding schools and giving out lollies to children is smashed forever by this doco, which shows them fighting, gritty, uh, shooting Afghanis. You know, don't, don't think of these peacekeepers as CNN type. You know, they're, they're actual soldiers. And it follows a, follows a team of them for a year or something. I like the look of that. I hadn't heard much about it. I, I followed Twitch, and it was one of his best for 2010. He was like, war doco, best war doco you'll ever see. So you see this one, and you'll never need to see another war doco again sort of thing. It's one of those. That's yeah. all I know, and that's all I care about. Awesome, awesome. I'm a fan of war films. I miss that Lebanon, the, the uh, film shot in the tank, and I'm hoping this is... Well, I haven't seen a war doco, I suppose. It's going to be pretty good. One I know you're not keen on, but I'm really looking forward to, is the Lemmy doco uh, about the Motorhead, lead singer yeah. of Motorhead. Yeah. yeah, that's all I know. It's I've heard talk about it for years now, I think. I think they've been making it for like three years. I think you gave them, yeah, three years access to him almost. Oh, is that what it is? And they followed him around for... Um... But I, I, I think he's a fascinating character. I don't know. I'll go see the doc about him. Yeah, I like his music. One, I guarantee you're not interested in. The only reason I am is because my parents forced me to watch cycling for 20 years growing up. Um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's about like a nine-day, 24-hour endurance race where they cycle across America. I've got it down as cyclists, but that ain't it. Like, it's not, it's not the Tour de France, which is they cycle for 10 hours a day for a month. This seems to be they bike 24 hours almost, or they just stop for... Um, rest and something like that. They bike from one end of America to another. That's mm. ridiculous. People don't even have the balls to drive that, let alone cycle it. Bicycle dreams. Bicycle dreams. There you go. Awesome. Wow, yeah, I'm really you, you not interested see that? in that. No. <laughs> really not No, the chances of me actually catching it um, at the showcase would be pretty slim, mm. but I'll definitely recommend my mum if it plays in Pami or somewhere she's near, she can catch it. Uh, keeping on the doco track, it's funny, I hate biopics, but I love documentary biopics. Is that what, you what would you call them? Well, firstly, is it biopics or is it biopics? No, yeah, I, it's I biopics. <laughs> <laughs> the Spalding Gray doco, and everything is going fine, is the name of it. And everything is going fine. There's a documentary portrait of Spalding Gray, who is actually I have no idea. Sounds interesting. <laughs> but the, the, the writer that wrote the dialogue for Social Network actually made that film, right? Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Who just won an Oscar. Not Aaron Sorkin, maybe I'm getting confused. Oh no, Soderbergh. Oh, sorry, Soderbergh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Traffic and that stuff like that. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. The sorry, Ocean series. Um, but shade, not, not social um, network. I embarrassed myself there. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't know that. 
Uh, but he's a monol- mo- master monologist. Yeah. Do you want to pronounce that in a different way? Monogalist? No, no but I tell you, I've never <laughs> seen that word before. And then I read a Daniel Kitson review which said, Daniel Kitson, master monologist. <laughs> Mono- yeah, yeah. Monologist. This week we made it across. Uh, uh, we, we, we broke we broke our normal habits of seeing things on a big screen. We went and saw something on a stage for a change. Yeah, a small stage. It's a big stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Daniel Kitson, master monologist. From somewhere in England. I had to literally have my arm wrenched out of my socket to go and see a comedian live. I'm like, the fuck, bro? Why would I go and see a comedian <laughs> live? You forced me to. And I've seen him a... three times before in Melbourne. I, I'm obsessed with this guy. Dragged Corey. Totally worth it. Daniel Kinson. Ridiculously funny guy. More, more to the point, not funny, but a master storyteller and a master entertainer. Yeah, I, I don't like using the word comedian with him. But, um... No. As I said, I think straight afterwards... Post-apocalyptic world where there's no electricity and we're only telling stories. We're going to kidnap him and bring him to our camp mm. just so he can entertain us. <laughs> yeah. if, if all yeah. that's left is storytelling, if the only art form left is storytelling, we need to get Daniel Kitson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just so we can have the best in our camp, in our post-apocalyptic camp. So Steven Soderbergh has made a, a documentary about a guy who's hopefully something like Daniel Kitson. So I'm going to see it. I don't know anything about this dude, but I will after this. I'm looking forward to Cold Weather, which is set in um, some sort of US town about a... a Portland. Guy, Portland, Portland, Oregon, about a guy that um, schlecks ice, they call it, which I like that word. Schlecks <laughs> ice around um, party ice, king party ice. But he's a slacker, and it becomes a crime noir, a slacker crime noir, um, where he gets to fulfill his Sherlock Holmes-esque fantasies, which to me sounds almost like brick. Anyone, yeah. anyone that attempts to make a noir these days... And I just, I just get excited about it, what they're going to pull off. And like most noirs are around a detective who then goes and does a bunch of detectiving stuff. Not a, not a slacker ice carrier that gets to fulfill his um, Sherlock Holmes-esque fantasies. Yeah, yeah. How exciting. That looks cool. It's called Cold Weather. Yeah. yeah. I've got it on my list as well. That's, uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I really want to see that. So good. We'll be going to that together. Nice. I'm going to stay on my streak. Monologist docos. Uh, yeah, docos about people I don't know. William S. Burroughs. Who's that? I don't know. Neither. I'm going to see the doco about him. But you must have, something must have wet your appetite. Well, look, they, they, they write the, I haven't got it in front of me, but they write these things up pretty good. And um, They do, actually, yeah. I'm sure I've heard that name all my life, and it's, like, it's one of those people I feel stupid about not knowing more about. If someone was to say, hey, you know that William S. Burroughs thing, I'd even be going, is he a filmmaker? Or are they talking about a book? Maybe he's a poet? Maybe he was a journalist? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Maybe he was like Hunter S. Thompson? Hunter S. Thompson, yeah, yeah. I have no idea who this guy is. Good call. Time I got schooled. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of things I know nothing about, I mean, well, probably not going to see this, but there's one called um, Of Gods and Men, which is a, a fictional film. Like, it's not. It's entertainment as opposed to a doco. Yeah. About uh, a bunch of Christian monks. When you get to the top of Africa, half the towns of Owned by half the cities are countries are owned by France and half are African. Mm. It gets all confusing up there in the Algeria and all that sort of shit. Anyway, these are like French Christian monks. Maybe not French at all. Christian monks, and there's like Muslim war going on next door. Uh, Muslim fundamentalists, something like that. And they are helping the Muslims, patching them up when they get damaged. But then the Muslims like attack them or something, and they're like, ah, oh, well, I don't know anything about it other than that. It's called of gods and men. And uh, it got it got some raving views of the brochure I read, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, well, I differ with you on, on this point. Um, I've got a thing where if, if something's coming to a festival but it's getting a release after, 
It's probably just because I try and cram so much into the short film. It's God's and men getting a release. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm with you there. I, I didn't see Animal Kingdom at the film fest because it came out. I knew it was coming out of reality. It was a good, short thing. Yeah. And then you get people that go and see it and turn to you and go, bro, dick, I can't believe you didn't see Animal Kingdom best of the year. It's like, no, no, I made, a, I made an educated decision to see that later. Yeah. For cheaper because um, I've only got X amount of time to see these film fest films. Yeah. I'll see the rarities. Is God's and Men not a rarity? Is it actually going to come out? Yeah, Ralph is bringing it. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it, but it just got dropped off the cinema showcase thing because I'll. Oh, I'll, sorry. No, that's all right. Well, while we're on while we're on the while we're on the subject, then um, there's a couple more being dropped off. Another year, we saw the trailer to last night. The um, Jim Broadbent. Oh, I like the look of that that trailer. Yeah, away, yeah. Apparently, incredible acting. Yeah, that's getting released, so we don't need to see that. Okay. Uh, the way back, Colin Farrell one. Yeah, although I do want to see that at the cinema showcase because it looks too good to wait. It's no, it's not waiting. It's actually coming out Rialto at the same time. Oh, okay. Stuff it then. Yep. Yeah. Way back. Yeah, that looks really good. Ah, uh, there's Colin Farrell escaping from somewhere and walking across deserts. In my notes, it? I call it a World War Two escape road film because yeah. they, these dudes are locked up in like a gulag archipelago up in Siberia. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, you know, there's a there's the general, there's the Russian, there's the whatever, there's the teenager, and they're all like, fuck, let's walk out of here, and it's four thousand yeah. miles to like South India or something. And yeah, <laughs> that yeah, looks yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one is Rabbit Hole. It's coming out 31st of March at Rialto, apparently, which Nicole Kidman got nominated for her uh, thing in that. And it's also got our guy, Aaron Eckhart, the yeah. Battle for LA guy. Yeah. He's got a film coming out two weeks in a row. Good mm. on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's coming out at the same time as the thing, so we don't need to squeeze that in. All right. Well, while I'm while we're on the topic of things that are coming to the sh- showcase, we're bound to get a release later on, Freakonomics, the, the, uh, the book that caused a bit of a stir when it was released because of the new and up-and-coming uh, economicist, economist um, dropping all these radical theories. That's bound to get a proper release, but good to see they turn it into a doco to sort of, I don't know, it must have been fascinating if they're going to get it out there. What about Catfish? That's probably going to get a release. Yeah, that is, but that, that one is 12th May, so we, we do, you could see it now, we could wait six weeks. That's one I don't think I'll wait six weeks. No, I'll be happy to see Catfish straight away. Yeah, we've already rated. We've already had to suffer so long to get that down here. It was a bloody. It was one of those films. Almost 2010 film, almost. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it's it's real secretive one. Like no one, don't want to talk about it. Yeah. All the podcasts I listen to have all talked about it, and I've had to skip shit and stuff. So, ASAP. So I'll be I'll be going. That's the one I'll, I'll I'll excuse. Yeah, Catfish looks fantastic, actually. Catfish, by the way, is about. A dude who starts up a relationship with a girl online and then a whole family and then one day they decide this relationship's going so well, I'm just going to, let's take a road trip and, and visit the family. Something goes horribly wrong um, and they be, they film the whole thing. So They film it, yeah, in, like using social network, like there's lots of what I heard, like instead of seeing a video of the road trip, maybe like see it posted on YouTube or something like that, isn't it done like that? I'm not sure. Isn't it all filmed as if these things are posting things online and stuff like that? Like the woman's... I hadn't heard that. Because her, her brother... Is on like the trailer, a, you see them, like, they're, they've got the camera on themselves as they're in the car driving and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's meant to be... She's meant to be filming a doco. He is. She is. His, his sister is filming him and the... Oh, oh the, film, the filmmaker is a, a woman. The filmmaker in the movie. Oh, right. So the movie's about a guy who meets a girl online, and that guy's sister is a documentarian. Ah, okay. Yeah, and I she know, films it. And so what you do, we watch a movie, which I thought was Clips of Doco, 
clips of shit posts on YouTube and some Facebook and some like a story told through social networking as, right, opposed, right. To a, as opposed to the social network which is filmed behind people's shoulders with the laptop also in the screen yeah on the trailer it looked more like shots of laptops over shoulders we can't have these discussions because you actually see the trailer and know instantly I take all these I think it's going to be I think it's going to be I think it's going to be and then you go yeah well I've seen the trailer so you're wrong no. yeah Terrible. I was going to keep my mouth shut. Well, I have heard whispers about the whole thing, and I think we're all wrong about everything anyway, so this okay. is all going to backfire. Right, <laughs> so. fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, but catfish, that's going to be big. Back to the war docker thing. The Dutch ones are doing armadillo, and the uh, Yanks are doing th- something called restrepo. No idea how you pronounce it, but if it's phonetic, that's how it is. Um, again, At the Oscars, they, they, called, they pronounced it restrepo. Oh, nice. You've seen it on the trailer. Uh, yeah, on the yeah, Oscars. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. Fuck you, you watch the Oscars too. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Well, I don't want to go any further without mentioning the one I'm most looking forward to that I thought you would would have by now. Um, we, we Are What We Are, which was also, I mentioned last week. Um, I was leaving that for you, bro. Oh, I was leaving it for you. Uh, awkward. <laughs> we Are What We Are, which I mentioned in my most anticipated of the year. Thankfully, it's come nice and early for me. Uh, about the, the cannibal family who lose their father, who's the hunter-gatherer. And then the, the the eldest son has to the eldest son has to step up and become hunter gatherer. Yeah, absolutely. Me- Mexican, Mexican. Yeah, Mexican. From what you told me, and what I'm yep. doing. Cool. Well, I'll jump to Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, which I don't know anything about other than it's a gore fest comedy. Two slackers in the woods or whatever they go off to their mountain retreat, and a bunch of teenagers attack them or start dying around them or something like that. It looks kind of um, it looks kind of like the signal. It looks kind of like what was that office retreat one where they go into the severance. Severance. Yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah, the premise sounded quite interesting because it's they're the rednecks living in the woods and the preppy college kids come to them. But like the preppy college kids seem to think they are in a horror and take it upon themselves to fight back against these hicks. Yeah, but the hicks aren't actually involved. They're just drinking beers on the porch. Yeah, yeah. And the kids are kind of killing themselves. <laughs> it's, yeah, it sounds pretty funny. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a good film to take a group of people to and have a good old laugh. Yeah, yeah. And um, starring everyone's favourite dude from Firefly or whatever, um, Alan Tudyk. Firefly, the Brown Coat Brigade. I don't know what that means. Serendipity, is that the same? Yeah. No, neither. Serenity. Serenity. Serendipity, Jesus. Yeah, no, they're called the Brown Coat Brigade. Ask Jake, he's bound to be one. And there's uh, there's two that I, I should mention. I don't know if I'm going to go get to it or not. White Meadows, which is an Iranian tribal doco touring around this like inland lake, and, and they go to all these islanders and meet these fascinating Iranian people and these villages and so forth. But whatever they showed... Iran, which is not a very big liberal country at all, uh, locked them up for six years and banned them from making films forever. So a big international um, backlash. You hear these filmmakers all the time getting locked up overseas for making films. And being in a Western society, you think, dicks, just don't make the films. Christ, you're going to get yourself locked up. It's not (laughs) worth it. But, you know, maybe it is really worth it. So I want to, you know, I'd like to see that just to see exactly what it was that they, you know, calm down around you. Ready to lock someone up for making a film? (laughs) And another one that I, I'm not going to see myself, but I want to recommend it to um, a flatmate that's a primary school teacher, about waiting for Superman, about a guy that starts a college, or like a, um, what do you call it when you win a scholarship thing, like in the middle of Harlem for the poorest kids, and about how... Um, schools, yeah, lottery. Schools over there are corrupt, and nobody gives a shit about um, poor people doing well, like people from poor areas getting good schools, and he's like, they're just as smart as everyone else, they've got just as much potential as everyone else, but these schools are shit out, so... I'm going to run a school that will show you how to maximise their potential in the middle of Harlem. And, yeah, like we, it looks fascinating. looks like parallels could be drawn between that and primary school education systems. But you're not going to see the it? The world over. No, I'm going to recommend it to... Well, I want to see a doco about the education system for 
Cool. I've heard terrible things, by the way. About that? Yeah. I, like I, that. I think there's another one called The Lottery, um, which is like exactly the same doco, which blows this one out of the water. I've heard, don't go and see this one, but fuck it, education people will go and see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what else have you got? There's a Lennon doco. I've watched a lot of Lennon docos, but I'll watch more. V.I. Lennon? No. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> nice quote. It's, um, Lennon NYC is about, uh, I don't know, in the picture was John Lennon and Yoko, so I don't know. Uh, there's a Harry Nilsson doco. Yeah, I saw that. Put the lime in the coconut. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, right. Uh, Uncle Boon Me, as you said earlier, from... Uh, Uncle Boon Me's back, yep. Back yeah, I'll go and watch that. A pitch at the pong where I set the cool. Weasel, uh, weasel fact. <laughs> uh, rubber, rubber is making an appearance, too, which... Um, Really should mention because it's a it's a total fucking bizarre, it's brilliant surreal, French film. That, sur- surreal. It may possibly yeah. appear again in this episode. We don't know. You never know. Uh, <laughs> um, that we saw it at the movie marathon last year. It's getting another. It's getting a couple of screenings in this thing. First, hang on. First, we haven't given it away. It's about a psychopathic tire. Yeah, a tire that goes on a killing spree. Yeah, it's, it's kid- brilliant. Yeah, that by Mr. Wazo too. Yeah, flat, B, flat Eric. There's a new. Uh, Waifu thing with Michelle Yao. Oh, Reign of Assassins. Reign of Assassins. You're not going to see that though, are you? Possibly, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's some good looking French ones. One about a French author. There's a new one with Gerard Depardieu. There's a new one with Catherine Deneuve. There's, yeah, there's quite, a, there's quite a lot going on, actually. Yeah. There's going to be a tricky two weeks. Exactly. And this is just one of the things that pops up in Auburn all the time. The World Cinema Showcase. I mean, I don't want to bash them, but they don't make a good effort at advertising outside the sphere of influence they already have. So posters and brochures and things like the Lido and the Rialto get seen by people that go to films at the Lido and Rialto. Mm. You know, you might get an email about it if you're on the Film Fest mailing list or if you're on the Film Society mailing list, but not if you're an event film club member. So movies get missed. And unless you're going to take the time to... There'll never be any bus bus adverts to, to see when you're stuck in traffic. There'll never be any um, adverts in the news telling you to go see rubber. And these films, <laughs> all, just, these films all just fly under the radar. So that's what we're saying. Make, make an effort to try and pick up the brochure or find it online. Have a read through. It takes, takes five minutes of your lunch break to read through half a dozen films or a dozen films. And you'll find a treat that'll jump to the top ten of the films you'll ever see this year. If you make the effort to go and see something on the big screen in Auckland. Oh. <laughs> nice. Weak. We should probably give them a what's on now because they've listened to episode five only a couple of days ago because we, we're blatantly obvious we've been playing with mics and we crammed two in later in the week. So what's out now? Yeah, Limitless. Limitless, about the guy that doesn't take mind-altering drugs, he takes a drug that expands your mind. Your brain only uses 10% of its potential or whatever. This guy has a drug, he just has to take it every morning, and it unlocks it to 100%. So now he's doing amazing things, and some agent, Robert De Niro, is just like, oh, that guy's a bit too clever, and investigates. Very cool. What genre? No idea. It could be a romance. We it's, just saw Adjustment Bureau. What's his name? Bradley Cooper or something, right? Bradley Cooper. He's a guy from The Hangover. And he he's was, not better than Zach. face from the new A-Team. Yeah, he is face from the new A-Team. That's right, that's right. What else, bro? What else? Never Let Me Go. That looks good. The British, every look popular teen actor at the moment, or popular young adult actor at the moment, almost, um, crushed into like a boarding school, acting their asses off in like a rainy British countryside. Maybe, mm. maybe not. But it's like the island. Are they being grown for clones? I've seen the trailer. What's going on? Let's run away. It's a, it's a love story. The only sci-fi element in the trailer is that when they when they, when they're out in the fields playing, then when they run back in the house, they just scan their wrist on a mm. thing as they walk in the door, and you're just like, oh, what was that? But I mean, that's that's not even sci-fi anymore because I could you can have that like a little 
uh, for yeah, microchip. But they understand it. I think it's all very... But like, they're grown to, to not... They know they haven't got futures. Yeah. They're not allowed emotions and shit like that. So my guess is... This uh, is your top ten as well, isn't it? In the island. Yeah, this one, yeah. It's Kira Knightley. Sorry, yeah, the real names probably would have helped. From Pirates. Or what is, what is she from? Domino. <laughs> who the hell no, I'm sure she's done stuff. Pride and Prejudice. Kerry Mulligan, who was up for an academy a year or two ago for any education. One of my latest crushes. And Andrew Garfield, who was Eduardo from Social Network and is more popularly known now as New the Spider-Man. New Spider-Man. New Spider-Man, yeah. But this, it looks, um, I think you could look at it as like this is a, an English boarding school drama thing with a sci-fi twist, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's like The Prisoner. The old 70s show. Yeah, I'm hoping it come out with that buzz. Like, oh, I love it. The British seldom do sci-fi. Day of the Triffids, they seldom do sci-fi. When they do, it's all very thinking man sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Although we're gonna we're gonna review this, and we know it's gonna be chock full of love, and we're not gonna be like, oh, they ruined that world with a love story. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that won't be. Uh... Yeah, we're going into this knowing full well. But it's by that famous Japanese author. I haven't got his name in front of me, but he he did Remains of the Day. He's had like twenty bestsellers or some shit. Mm. Bro, there's one more new thing out this week. It's, there's only four new movies out this week. Three of them I was kind of interested in. The two we just mentioned. The other one I can't remember because I didn't care about it. But there's a new Chinese one out. The Butcher, The Chef, and The Swordsman. Tell me tell me about that. It's a new Chinese thing. I don't know much about it. It's three different stories. Apparently each one of those has got their own story. And they cross paths at some stage. So, who where's knows? Where's it playing? Event? They do Chinese films? Yeah, yeah. So no. if you suckers listened to us and got your $7 tickets, you'd be laughing at them now going to $7 films like we are. Yeah. Although, this pod's not going to become popular till August, so when you go back and listen to these episodes that are a year old, <laughs> you can get stuffed and you get no discount. <laughs> but this one has got, a, has got a presented by on the poster, which has always intrigued me. Oh, always... what, what name's... Not Tarantino. No, Doug Lyman. Who? Um, Doug Lyman. He made... I've got a list. Fair Game, Swingers, yep. Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Jumper, Go. Wow, he's bringing over Cook, the Noodle House, the Thief, and his lover. <laughs> oh, wow. That was such an awesome mash. <laughs> I'm a mashup, a walking mashup guy. Well, yeah, The Butcher, The Chef, and The Swordsman. The visuals looked like... I did watch the trailer. It was unsubbed, so I didn't know what was going on. But it looked... Um, I don't know if anyone's seen Storm Warriors, but it was like that. Like Lots of colours drained out, except there's red in it. Plus, um, it's ultra slow-mo, then ultra speed, then ultra slow-mo. And speed ramping, I think they call it. Oh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. go. What else, though? There must be... like What, what else is playing, though? There's all sorts of shit on. Yeah, there's all sorts. Uh, Rango's still going. No, um, not still going. Rango's pretty new, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Saw 3D, which it, now that's fucking screaming down, bro. It's down to like quarter past nine p.m. screenings at Queen Street each night. Like, oh shit! Why would it was anybody... here for two weeks and nobody went? Obviously. Fair enough too. What a shit film. Well, why is a shit film? I'm oh. going. Yeah. Well. Okay. We'll discuss that's how good. shit it is. And and those traps that are, that, that, that you get caught in, you know, reverse bear traps and shit. Torch porn. 3D. It could, it could be interesting. It's not going to be interesting. It's obviously not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome when a movie is going to be so blatantly shit that even they know about it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you can't hurt anybody's feelings. Like, you could run into the director of, um, like I did with Judd Apatow, and I was like, oh, you made uh, you made Knocked Up, did you? Comedy. <laughs> what a wanker. Yeah, like, you could you could run into the director. But this is one, one of those ones when, when, when they, they, they probably said, oh, look, we're not going to get this in. I don't think we should get sore in. And they go, no, no one's going to come. And they go, well, well, Nigel will come. Okay, fine. We'll get it for 
one week. If if we put if we put Saw on the poster, all those people that don't know anything about movies that like the first six <laughs> or nine or however many there's been, yeah, we shouldn't rag on it. It's got it's. There's people that like torture porn. There's people that will rush to see it. There's people that would have gone opening night. It's their thing. The the, the I, I will, I'll admit I haven't seen the last three. I saw the first three, missed three. This is number seven. I didn't go for the torture porn. I was going for the these fuck these are fucking clever. This is traps and twist upon twist upon twist upon twist. You can't name a new movie series with more twists than this. Good you said series. <laughs> yeah. Blue Valentine's still playing, which we did we love that? Yeah, man. Pretty good. Oh, conviction. I said conviction's gone. You know I missed the last screening conviction. You know where it's gone? It's gone Hollywood. Oh really? Yeah. So if you want to see conviction and you live in Avondale about Hillary Swank Spending 20 years at law school to free um, Sam Rockwell. But Hollywood's got Oscar stuff playing, and they're, they're 10 bucks all time, all day, every day. It's because it takes 20 bucks of gas to get out there and back. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not even close to people that live out west. It's miles away from out west. Where the hell is Avondale? Note, that is incorrect. It's not, it's not 20 minutes. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, the Adjustment Bureau, we already mentioned, that's, that's still playing. Unknown is still going strong, by the way. Isn't Everyone's incredible going to see that. that. And why shouldn't they? We told them to see it a couple of episodes ago. Shit, we're clever. Uh, last Exorcism's on its last damn legs. Then all the Oscar stuff's still going. King's Speech is still going. True Grit's still going. Black Swan's still going. The Fighter. 127 Hours, Hanging On By a Thread. Uh, In a Better World, which won Oscars for Best Foreign. Inside Job won for Best Doco. All this shit's still going on. So this, that was, I don't know how many I just named. but Actually, to interrupt you, we um, probably haven't got time to sneak it on this pod, but man, True Grit. Other than getting there disastrously late, I uh, I decided that we should watch True Grit on a on a Sunday afternoon. Perfect time for watching westerns. Seven dollar tickets. Let's go and see this thing. And I take my car and I needed gas. And I'm driving down the street and the bloody thing runs out of fuel. Ten minutes walk from Newmarket Cinemas. I've got a car full of people. Half hadn't seen it before. Because it's one of those things you think. Well, you could fill it up on the way there. But that's, yeah. Or fill it up on the way home. Let's do it on the way home because then we're not in a rush and we're only going to drive like five minutes. Like, it's not going to run out in this next five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> a diet of obsession. Anyway, other than missing, other than uh, a lot of people having to run and, uh, and rush and buy fuel and, and top up a car and hazard lights and a lot of unnecessary dramas, other than missing the first quarter of an hour, oh, so glad I rewatched it. Yeah. If people are listening to this podcast thinking, you know what? I will go to the movies. These guys have convinced me. Don't listen to our reviews. That we don't use the word reviews. Go and see True Grit. That's so good. When we discussed True Grit earlier, mm. I said the only my only one qualm with it is I don't think I'll be able to revisit. I'll go for a second time, but this isn't rewatchable like Big Lebowski and Fargo and No Country. Bullshit. Yeah, I've is... already rewatched it twice. I wanted. Should we just push pause and go now? Pretty much. Like yeah, let's do it. <laughs> this is the um... language, bro. The language. The Coens know what they're doing, man. I want to talk like that now. Yeah, I don't know. You don't even know. You've got no. Um, what's what's one? Of the, she says them all the little best ones. You have no mean to bemoan your station. <laughs> bemoan your station. That's awesome. Is that that kind of come from the novel? The the, the Coens must have gone to yeah, some lengths some links to master all that. And mastery it is. The whole film. The whole film's mastery. The Coens are geniuses. Genii. Winkle by. <laughs> Very damn cool film, True Grit. Carry on. Question. Certified copy playing now at Rialto. Mm. Is that one we care about? Nah. It's, um, it's set in Tuscany. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. An author and a journal, but uh, she took Best Actress at Cannes. Oh, I don't care. You don't care? 
Did you not see the trailer? That looked boring as shit. You know what? I think I saw the trailer. I can't remember it. That's how boring as shit it looked. It's pretty boring as shit. She's the best actress. I like best actress. He's like, oh, can I follow you around a vineyard? And she's like, sure, but don't fall in love with me. And he's all, there's nothing. Oh, no, I, I can't even remember it. It was nice. It all washed through me. It was terrible. Okay. You can go see it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe not now. I think he just took me out of it. Oh, good man. And one other maybe. I see the Ghostwriters come back for some strange fucking reason. It's come back to. And they never played, Academy. did it? Wasn't it only. Um, didn't it only come out of the fist and then disappear? Oh, could have done, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hasn't well, it? the time I saw Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is one of my largely hated actors. I don't know. I oh, rough, everything bro. he does. I hate everything he does. Lifeless Ordinary? Transporting? Yeah, I hate Transporting. Did you? Yeah. How many times have you seen that? Let's talk about the fact that you now want to see Gaspar Noir's Enter the Void. Where'd that come from? I saw the opening credits. The opening credits. <laughs> and it flashed and hypnotised me into into making it my new favourite. You didn't need a... Um, I've seen 63 seconds of that movie and it's my new favourite. <laughs> you didn't need a Powerpuff Girls may cause um, epilepsy warning at the start of it. <laughs> that, that trailer must well be called watch this for epilepsy that thing is intense I mean not the trailers sorry the opening credits Tarantino loved the shit out of them called them the best Dick. of the decade mm-hmm. and he's got some good openings but I ask him a fucking question he interested in the ghostwriter oh uh, not ghostwriter ghostwriter yeah there's two Yuma Gregor films that came out one he's gay with Jim Carrey two he writes someone else's speeches of those two I'd want to see the write someone else's speeches one yeah I'm right. interested yeah totally I like Yuma Gregor really yeah. What do you like about him? His acting ability. Oh, I didn't realise he... Had me? Yeah, it's not speeches. He's his... Uh, what do you call it? Go, uh, autobiography. No, oh, okay. his biography. I hear good things about Pierce Brosnan. Did you ever see The Tailor of Panama with Pierce Brosnan and Rush? No, no, I haven't. Jeffrey Rush? That's bloody good. Mm-hmm. That's a real good Jeffrey Rush role. And a real good Pierce Brosnan role. I really like that film. No, no, no. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll give an eye out. Yeah. Never heard of it. Never appeared on my radar, to be honest. Tailor of Panama. That's a little there secret recommend from Corey. Years ago. Years old. Not that, like a decade. A couple more things I want to mention that are coming out. Just one-offs that are coming up this uh, in the net within the next week. Um, Carnival of Souls, I've gone on about it before, but this is the one, an old 50s ghost movie, and they're uh, doing all the sound live. They, t- they flip the sound off the film, and they, they've got uh, the band there, they've got the voice actors there, they've got sound effects dudes, they do all the foley and everything in front of you. Yeah, that's playing again. Final showing this Sunday the 20th of March and I'm going to do my fucking darndest to get there good call Film Society are at the Academy on Monday they're playing The New World the old Terence Malick film about Pocahontas I'm there yeah yeah Colin Farrell Christian Bale and uh, everything Terence Malick does is beautiful and you Badlands yeah. Days of Heaven what's your one Thin The Thin Red Line Thin Red Line you don't have to be put off by the film society's old habits of like, oh, you, you think you might like one of these films? Well, you better pony up 200 bucks in January, otherwise you can't come. Those days are over. Yeah, where they used totally. To, where they used to intimidate with their snobbery. No offence to them. But now you can buy... What's the deal? It's uh, three tickets three tickets for 30 bucks, and you can use them any time during the year. Three for 30? Yeah. That's making them cheaper than a Tuesday, which is up to like 10 50 or 11 now. Yeah. So Film Society is now cheaper than Cheap Cheap Night. Yeah. 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 And they play great movies from over the years. And, you know, play them in 35, so you're watching Prince. And, yeah, it's it's great. We'll have to dedicate an entire pod one day to why we like Prince versus... We will. A DVD. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen on that. Yeah. Uh, I had it on my thing to talk about the King's Arms screenings because he was going to be playing The Wall, Pink Floyd's The Wall this weekend. But I went along last weekend for the uh, Calton Brown thing, the Peter Sellers thing, and, it, and the projector broke. 
Yeah, that's stink. Projected broke, so he thinks he's finishing the season early. Miles, if you're listening, don't do that. <laughs> I was about to start shouting from the rooftops for you. Yeah, that's rough, Miles. Or at least um, it was a good setup, bro. He had the whole garden bars, great screen, great 16 mil projector. It was that I was about to be fucking excited about that, and it finished before I got into it. We've got something to look forward to, like if he starts it up again in November, or whatever he does. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, the other big thing, of course, is, um, well, actually, as we speak, Windows on Europe Fest is starting. The European yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, showcase fest. I've chosen a, a couple that I'm probably going to go and see. Hanami is, is a German film about a, a dude who's dying, his wife's looking after him, and all of a sudden she dies, unexpectedly. And so he's like, with my last days... I'm going to go and fulfill her greatest dream, which is to go to Japan during uh, Cherry Blossom Week. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Where the, where are they from, sorry? Uh, this, that was German. That dear month in August is, oh, it's from Portugal, and it's about, there's one, there's a, like a tiny little village or series of villages way up in the fucking mountains of Portugal somewhere, and during August they have a monthly thing where all the expats all over the world have to come visit during August. So it's about, like, the whole mountains are filled with people during August. And apparently it's, you know, big cinemascope, fucking wonderful. Sounds cool. Looks pretty. Colourbush from Cyprus. It's about, I don't know, it's from Cyprus. I don't think I've ever seen a film from Cyprus. No, hmm. no. Apparently it's a quirky, uh, quirky thing. A guy gets on a boat to go and look for a job in Italy, accidentally bumps into Cyprus. There's odd stuff, donkeys, ostriches, yeah, quirk, quirk. Quirk, yeah. What was that weird one? Um... Transition? Transition is that in a, is that a Windows on Europe fest? Mm. Is it mm. about the dude who's um who like creates a painting and then next thing you know that the the girl uh, like he sees the girl in real life. It's a bit um it got a, a sort of a ring to um what did we just see adjustment bureau. Mm, mm, mm. People controlling fate and it like does a little bit, yeah. and there's a curtain like operating shady shady corporations operating behind the real world and stuff like that playing mm. strings and engineering things. It's all very. The notes I wrote down were Woman in a Painting Comes to Life, Parapsychological Organization called Zom Enters His Mind, Reality and Fantasy Become Intertwined, and it was made in Slovenia. Have you ever wow. seen a That's right, it's not... Slavic film? No, I don't think I've <laughs> Is that what you call people from Slovenia? Slavic? Yeah, although there is that one that's causing ripples all over the world now, a Serbian film, but I'm not sure that's made in Serbia. Mm. Is Serbia a country? Jeez, I'm... Oh, we're hopeless together. That's all right. Well, yeah, yeah, must be. Cool, man. So that's a fucking shit ton of shit. Yeah, go and see all these films. Do as you're told. Uh, this week we're gonna we're we're gonna make an effort actually to see two of the new ones. We're gonna try and see uh, Limitless. Yep. And Never Let Me Go. Yeah. And talk about it next week. However, I'm gonna make sure I drag Corey along to to the last one we just talked about, Transition. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna see a whole shit ton. And well, there's yeah. also a New World as well. So it's like four. Oh, yeah, New World, exactly. Shit. But brace yourself, listeners, because we're also going to rock on you our top 10 for 2010 next week. That's exciting stuff. You guys should be excited. Walking down the street with your headphones on, be excited. Turn to that person to your left right now. He's not as excited as you because he doesn't know that next week you get our top 10 2010. <laughs> Dicks, I can't believe you looked. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's Corey. Oh, I'm Corey. I'm Nigel. This was episode fucking Six. Big, big Screen Auckland. Yeah. <laughs>